0: Welcome to Marrow Masters Season 9, sponsored by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and Sanofi. The National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, established in 1992, strives to help patients, caregivers, and families cope with the psychosocial challenges of bone marrow and stem cell transplant, from diagnosis through survivorship. Season 9 of our show focuses on what I wish I knew before transplant. Here's your host, Executive Director of the NBMT Link, Peggy Burkhardt. Hello, everyone. Today, we welcome Jermaine Reed of Georgia... So Jermaine is gonna share a lot today. And one of the things that I am most interested in covering is Jermaine's spirituality. It is uplifting, it is thoughtful. Jermaine, first we're gonna have you tell us your story, your diagnosis, your treatment experience, and anything that really pertains to the beginning of your journey. So welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Peggy. I'm I'm so excited to be joining you. Thank you for all the work that you're doing as well. Glad to be connected with you. Well, I'm gonna start by Saying in late two thousand and nine, uh, before I knew that I was uh encountering AML leukemia, I was playing in a parents versus teachers' basketball game at my son's school. and <laughs> uh you know, I played basketball majority of my life, and during the time of playing in this game, I couldn't run up and down the court. And that was a problem. I was like, look, man, I know I'm not in that bad of shape. But I checked myself out of the game and I just took a breather, drunk some water, and thought, oh, I'll go back in, tried it again, and I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I felt extreme fatigue. Okay. And um I was having some headaches, like some migraines, and I was never one to have migraine headaches. So I recall when I bought the Highest dosage of Advil to try to you know minimize this headache, and then some other things physically started happening. And I told my wife, I said, "Wow, I'm close to forty years old. Um, I don't know when I had my last visit with the doctor, and I need to go and have a physical."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I went down to the family practice that I had been going to. They said that they couldn't see me for like two weeks. And at this point, I was very anxious to know what was going on. My body was talking to me Mm -hmm. and I had done some research uh, with another family practice. I went to that place on a Friday and they said that they could see me on Monday. I went back on Monday. You know, I'm not alarmed. I just want to know what's going on. I'm not thinking it's cancer. I'm not none of that. They take my blood work. They do all the things that they do for a physical. They call me the next day asking me to come back down. They thought maybe they had you know, done something wrong when they were taking my blood work and they want to make sure that they did everything correctly. So i go back down. They take uh, my blood. The very next day, I get a call and they ask me, could I come back down to the doctor's office? So I go down and I'm still not alarmed until they said, look, Mr. Reed, your blood work came back abnormal, Uh, your platelets are very low, and your white cell blood count is very high. Mm -hmm. And um, we believe that you might have lymphoma or leukemia, and you need to report to the bone marrow transplant unit immediately. Wow. Now... I'm a little bit alarmed, but listen to what I'm about to say. Immediately after I heard them tell me this, I remembered something that I had heard years ago and I would think about it from time to time. But now it came up in my thoughts loudly. And it was your first reaction to good or bad news will be the determining factor of your victory or the feat. So after hearing that, Peggy, I said, there is no way that I'm about to die. I don't care what this is. I don't know anything about it. I'm not educated on it. I don't care. I'm not going to die. That was the first reaction.
0: That's pretty powerful stuff. Wow.
1: Yes. So now they did tell me I had the report, right? Uh So I'm thinking I'm close to my house. I'm going to go and grab some things. So immediately of me leaving that office, getting in my car, heading toward my home to get some things to go with me, I get a phone call from Northside Hospital's bone marrow transplant unit saying that my file has been reported to them and I needed to report immediately um and I was like okay I'm going to go and grab some things from the house and the lady was like no you need to come now Really Yes She said you need to come now and no one under 12 years old could see you Immediately now I'm affected because all of my three kids are under 12 years old at this time
0: Ugh.
1: Now I'm like okay this is serious This is serious What I'm sharing with you is authentically and genuinely the truth. So after I get off the phone with them and I'm headed to uh the bone marrow transplant unit, many thoughts are going through my head and through my mind. And one of the things that came up in my thoughts was Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit: forget not his benefits, and also that he forgives us of our iniquities, and he heals us of our diseases, and he redeems our life from destruction. That brought me some peace. It was calming me because my heart is racing, okay? But I'm a person that had been digging into my spirituality before being diagnosed with this, so it was helping me get through this initial news. Then I called my cousin, who was a director of medicine at Emory Hospital and told him what I was going through. And he said he was going to come to see me soon. Called a pastor friend, just called a few people. And of course, I called my wife and all that. So here we are. And I show up at the bone marrow transplant unit. Uh, They put me in a room and they, you know, they start the process of the biopsy. Okay. And, you know, I didn't know what the procedure was. I didn't know anything about how painful it was. I didn't even care about the pain. I just wanted to know what is this? Mm -hmm. So went through that and they came in and they looked at me from head to toe and said, look, you don't have any bruises on you. How did you know? Mm. When I look back now, I'm so thankful that I listened to my body.
0: Great advice.
1: Yes. And most African-American men They do not go to the doctor to get physicals. Mm -hmm. And when I went to that first office and they told me they couldn't see me for two weeks, my next question was, when was the last time that I had visited you guys? And they said, two years. I said, no, that's too long. My body is telling me I need to go and address this. Now, listen to this. This is amazing. I'm concentrating on doing what the doctors are telling me to do, uh, getting ready for the biopsy and going through all of that. And a nurse comes into my room, and the nurse says, Mr. Reed, are you a basketball player? (laughs) And I said, I used to play basketball in high school. Why do you ask? She said, There is a patient on this floor that saw you and thought that you were a professional basketball player and would like to meet you. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my God. I just received this news. So I would love to meet the person, but how about? tomorrow morning because I got to gear myself up for this journey. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here we are the second day. I get a knock on the door at eight o'clock in the morning. I say, come in. They push the door open and they roll in this beautiful, blonde, white woman. And I can tell that she's been in treatment for several months. And she introduces herself and says, I am the lady who thought you were a professional basketball player and I wanted to meet you. Hear me and hear my heart. I forgot that I had cancer when I saw her role in that. Oh. I forgot that I was diagnosed with AML when I saw Stacy.
0: And why was that, Jermaine?
1: I believe that from a child, what your parents and your Grandparents instilling you stays with you. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother was humanitarian and she taught that to my mother. And I learned it from both of them. We were always concerned with someone else's situation or circumstance over hours from time to time. And I believe that it kicked in immediately when I saw her. So I hadn't been in the hospital none of my life. I had never been admitted to the hospital. So it was just a day into this thing and my mind is still that I'm free. I'm well, you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. The diagnosis did not change where my mind was concerning myself and my well-being. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So were you more concerned about Stacy's well-being at that point? Yes. And that's what I'm picking up on. (laughs) Yes,
1: I was more concerned with her and her well-being. And we talked and I told her, when my wife comes, you're going to meet my wife and we're going to make a promise to each other to come and see each other. And I'll come to your room. You come to my room until we're out of here. Even when you go home, I'm going to be talking to you. If Whatever, we're going to be talking a lot. And she agrees. And as she leaves, I hear this. That's your assignment. I hear that in my conscience. That's your assignment. And you got to understand something. People ask me now to this day, did you ever question God and say, why did that happen? Why did you get leukemia? And I said, no, because the second day I met someone that changed my life.
0: Hmm. That's really special.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the initial. And I think because of that foundation from the beginning of me being diagnosed, it helped the majority of my journey. That's not to say that I didn't have any struggles and I didn't have any anxieties because I did. And we can talk about those things.
0: So I do have to know, do you keep in touch with Stacy to this day?
1: Stacy did. Pass away within a year and a half. That's the sad part, right? But she accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior.
0: This makes me think of so many things, but one, you know, there are no coincidences. Right. You two were meant to meet and boy, the impact she had on you and I'm sure that you had on her and she helped you through your journey as much as you helped her through hers. I guess your connection to God, and I'm just so wowed by that. We don't cover this very often, but I just would love to talk more about the isolation you went through and how much your spirituality really played a role in your survivorship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let me do say this. I do still talk to Stacy's mom and her sisters uh, and some of the family members. So we're still connected because I am writing and I want to make sure that it was okay for me to mention her name uh, in my book. Mm -hmm. And um, they have given me permission to do so. And I really, really am grateful for that. So now let's talk about the isolation deal.
0: Yeah, I'll
1: tell you, my job called me and informed me not to sign up for long-term disability. They were going to pay me my full salary and take my last six months' commissions from the sales that I had sold and pay me that average every month. Wow. Now, let me tell you, my wife and I had a meeting with the doctor. The doctor tells us about this journey because I go into a quick remission. After having a heavy dose chemo, I go into a remission Maybe within the first just over a month, I'm in remission. So now he's sitting with us. He's explaining different things. And the whole time I'm listening, but not listening. I asked him a question like, when can I go back to work? And my wife looks at me and says, God is our source. And, you know, I needed her to say that. Because as a man, you, you know, you, you want to be the breadwinner and you want to be the one that, you know, is bringing in income to take care of the family. And when she said that in front of the doctor and everything, I needed to hear that. Go ahead. Although my job had told me what they were going to do, I had the social worker coming to me saying, well, you know, your job can stop the process there and you need to fill out this paperwork to get, you know, disability like SSI kind of disability. And I'm going to be honest with you all. I was so nervous about making decisions that could be like um, unethical. I was thinking so ethically, if you really understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, my job is paying me. Why would I apply for this over here? I believe they're going to keep paying me. Well, anyway, I feel this piece finally to do this. So I fill out the paperwork and I do all of this and it comes back approved in a number of months or whatever and at this time i'm kind of doing outpatient treatment as they're looking for a donor for me and let me skip back real quick to this piece i never really got caught up in knowing the disparities within the blood cancer arena for you know african americans and minorities versus caucasian white ethnicity groups and all that good stuff right i didn't know anything about a low percentage of donors available to Mm African-Americans because my mindset was I'm going to live like I'm going to live. My mindset stayed there. So when the doctor had shared that oftentimes it can be difficult to find a match. Okay, all right. I got you. Put us on the list. So anyway, I get approved and I'm going down to the office there, the Social Security office, because I got this check and I'm still getting paid by my job and I'm a little bit nervous. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I go in. Long story short, I meet the person at the desk and I say, hey, look, I'm going through cancer treatment um, and I just received my first check. Uh, I'm thinking you guys should hold this uh, because my job is still paying me. And a lady goes back. She says, excuse me, I'll be right back. She goes back, brings another person. The person says, hey, repeat yourself, sir. And I told him what I had told her. And the guy says, Mr. Reed. We really appreciate you coming down here. And I had a mask on, like everybody wearing a mask for COVID. I was the only one in there with a mask on. Okay. And uh, he said, um, but we don't care if you're making a million dollars a month. You're entitled to this check. I know what entitlement means. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, he said, this check is yours and every piece of money that comes to you on a monthly basis until you um are better. You'll receive it. Mm-hmm. I said, thank you. I went out to my car and I thought about what my wife had said in front of the doctor, where she said, God is your source. God is our source. And I wept. I literally wept like a baby. Mm. And as I'm beginning to go through this process, guys, now I've experienced this isolation period During the isolation period, I began to think about things that I was taught from the time I was little up until this point, where it says that if you honor your father and your mother, long shall your days be on this earth. So I began to have these talks with God. Like, wait a minute, I'm analyzing here. You said if I honor my father and my mother, long shall my days be on this earth. And I would analyze, man, I've I respected my mother. I respected my father. I took care of my mother on her semi-comatose bed until she passed away.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm like, I did that. And you even said, Lord, that when we do it into the least of these, our brethren, we have done it unto you. And I would say to God, I can never outdo you. Mm -hmm. So I begin to petition, if you will. A lot of people say prayer. Another word for prayer is petition. I begin to petition God. And then I came across a a passage that really took me through. It was closer to the time of me having the bone marrow transplant. I didn't know much about the bone marrow transplant. I just know, okay, they said it's it's more successful outcome if you have the bone marrow transplant. Mm And I came across this passage and it's in Proverbs, I want to say it is. I want to say it's chapter three, verse seven and eight. It says, be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil for it shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. Wow. I had never seen that. I'm sitting in the clinic and I saw this and I said, oh my God, I've never seen this before. I felt like that was, conversation between me and God. And God was letting me know, you do these things. You have a right to what this scripture says, if you believe it and you can receive it. Wow! And I started petitioning what I read. I said, wait a minute, Lord, I'm not wise in my own eyes. I reverence you. I seek after your counsel. I'm not perfect, but I've departed from evil. And in you, I live and in you is how I have my being. So with that being said, I have a right to what this next verse said. It says, it shall be health of my navel and marrow to my bones. So therefore, yeah. what you did on the cross, you established a covenant through your blood for me to receive the answer to my prayer through this, what I'm reading and getting into my heart and my spirit and my mind. Wow. Yeah.
0: that's that's quite. Profound.
1: Yes, I, I'm sorry if it sounded deep and long-winded, but no, it's that is genuinely. That's genuinely it.
0: Yep. No, thank you, Jermaine. That was terrific. Thank you for that. So, going to wrap things up a little bit here. Mm-hmm. What would you say to a current blood cancer patient and or caregiver? What were some of your takeaways from your whole experience?
1: The first thing I'll say is this to the patient here. I know how hard it could be when you're getting blood work, you're getting just your labs in general, and it doesn't look like you're progressing. It doesn't look like the numbers are headed toward where you would like them to go. I've been there. Mm -hmm. You have to control your thought process on you getting better. Get up out of the bed, do something. One of the things that I did, there was a tech that came in during shift change around seven, eight every day at the hospital. And I'll never forget this. My hair was beginning to fall out. And I shaved my head that day. And the person asked me, Mr. Reed, would you like for me to make up your bed? And I said, yes, please, please make up my bed. And they made up the bed. And that was about 8 a.m. Like I said, and after they made the bed up and they left, I looked at the bed and I began to say, I will get up every morning during shift change and I will let them make up the bed and I will not get back in that bed until the evening. So I would say to you, get up out of the bed, move Mm -hmm. in the space that you have. Use that space to move around do something, do something productive, okay, every day, because it's going to require patience in this process. And I recall when that lab work was coming or that nurse was coming to take my labs every day, and I had to wait to see what the results were. I recall coming across a passage in the book of James that says, let patience have her perfect work so that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I started meditating on that every day. So it prepared me every day in my thought process to say, let patience. I began to speak to myself. (laughs) Let patience have her perfect work. And I began over time now. I'm not saying Rome wasn't building a day. You know that. (laughs) I started seeing slow progressions. Oh, my God. I, I saw. Oh, that number went up. Oh, that number went up. Oh, that patience. I begin to get excited about it. So I'll say that same thing to the caregiver. Be careful who you listen to before you go and visit that patient, that loved one of yours, because they need your support. They need your head up high. They need you speaking positive. They need you speaking encouragement. They need you to make them laugh because laughter is good like medicine. So true. I get really excited about this stuff, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna hand it back over to Peggy real quick.
0: That is just so great, and we we hear that again and again, Jermaine. And I I'm so thankful to you for driving that message home. And I really like the part about the caregiver because we know that well-meaning people can say some pretty uh, callous, uh, silly things that can get inside someone's head. So I I love putting that on the caregiver to filter through that and. Move forward with their loved one in such a positive way. That is terrific advice. Wow, this has just been really great. Let's wrap it up with how is like today? You've got a book. We can put information about the book in the show notes. Yeah. And how are you today?
1: Oh, man. I am great today. I'm doing so much advocating for like be the match and bringing more awareness and education to the African American minority community, just everybody in general. I mean, I'm not. Just being specific to African-Americans and minorities if just because I am, but mainly because they're uneducated and knowing about the disease, uh, just as I didn't know until I was diagnosed. So you really it doesn't really hit home until it happens to you or someone close to you, you know. So I'm doing a lot of that speaking on platforms like at colleges. Oh, great. Yeah. That's opening back up since covid. Um, I just spoke for Northside Hospital Cancer Institute Bone Marrow Transplant Survivors Reunion uh, last month. And it was the most phenomenal time that I've ever had speaking when you get a standing ovation from the doctors that treated you. So, yeah,
0: that is very true.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: you're giving back every way you can. And you know what? Don't minimize the importance of that education across every Ethnicity is so, so important. And we will include information about Be The Match in the show notes, uh, DKMS. So people can, you know, learn more about that. And, you know, now that COVID is hopefully over, you know, getting on those campuses and getting those swab kits out there. That is such an important step to finding matches.
1: Absolutely. And the book will be coming out in 2023. I titled the book The Assignment. Really? Yeah. The assignment, a leukemia story. And it's coming from meeting Stacy and, and knowing that assignment. Uh, you know, like I said, when she rolled out of my room that day, what I heard in my conscience was, that's your assignment. Mm. I was sharing that story with someone when they asked me, did I ever ask God why? And I told them, nah, because of this situation. And I said, as she was leaving, I heard that's your assignment. And the person that I was telling that story to they said, that's the title of your book. And I said, what's the title of my book? They said, the assignment. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, I didn't think of that. Wow.
0: I can't wait for it to come out. We're going to have to promote that for you and, and check it out.
1: Yeah. I'll give you more information right now. It's just, um, I have a landing page. My website is www.jermainlreid.com. And that's R-E-I-D. But look, let me say this last thing to Peggy. Sure. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you, John, yeah. for the work that you both do. And I said this to someone that was interviewing me uh, last month. I don't really think you understand the significance of your assignment and what you've been doing over the years, you probably get a glimpse of it, but I just really want to say that. Really appreciate what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't let anything stop you. And um, it's a blessing to meet individuals like you all.
0: Well, Jermaine, you just made my day. That is uh, so, so appreciated. We love what we do, and we're so lucky to do this work, and getting to meet people like you is definitely the best part of the job. Yeah. Uh, So thank you. Thank you for your time and for sharing your heart and your spirituality. It's something we don't touch on all that often, but I think it is so very important. Yes. And continued good health and just keep doing what you're doing because it's making a big difference.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Will. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for everything. This has been the Marrow Masters Podcast. If you know someone who would benefit from the information in our show, please share this episode with them and don't miss future
0: episodes of our show. Follow Marrowmasters on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you're listening right now. And to connect with the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, visit nbmtlink.org or follow the link in our show notes.